0: Uh, the core the, the core of the curriculum is beautiful and, and we need everyone on board right uh, right we need everyone um, on
1: board i agree yes.
0: yeah hello welcome to amanduk plc to podcast for teachers Every week, we bring you bite-sized information and reflection on all things related to teaching. We are a group of teachers currently teaching in the beautiful district of Samporna Sabah, and we meet up every Friday over coffee to talk about work with zero judgment and 100% support. So, if you are nearby, join us. If you're not, have a listen to our reflections after each PLC meetup and let us know your thoughts.
1: Dr. Ilha, um, in your opinion, uh, because you have been trained as a trainer for the CFR aligned curriculum, in mm-hmm. um, your opinion, what are some of the core beliefs of this curriculum that are important for all the teachers to be aware of as they uh, deliver the lessons in class?
0: The core belief of this curriculum? Okay, the, the core beliefs of this curriculum is as it has been mentioned also in the CFR uh, numerous times, like Language activities where uh, the pupils need to uh, learn to read and write and listen and speak it, uh, and speak using language activities, right? which I know all teachers are um, well-versed in this. But the thing is, what are the competences that they need in order for them to read, write, speak, uh, listen successfully? That means the strategies that they need uh, uh, to learn in order to carry this out, um, well so instead of teaching um the strategies in uh, in isolation um the core beliefs is that it should be an action-oriented task meaning that um all tasks should be somehow like real life so that the pupils feel the need um to learn um these strategies um for them to successfully um acquire Um, the relevant skills so that they can at the end of it is communicate effectively to anyone that they see they talk regardless of who they are so the the thing is one is communicative um, activities two is the strategies or the competences that they need to uh, learn that's the core beliefs of the curriculum
1: uh CSR CSR. uh, Focuses on competences and the strategies that students should use when they are trying to communicate to each other. That's what we are trying to emulate in our yes. classroom. By yeah,
0: right, true. By
1: by by teaching them. Yeah,
0: whether it's receptive or productive, you know, the language competences in processing, you know, um, this language to carry out a task. Okay, and it okay.
1: should be in authentic situation, not very practice, not very a textbook like it has to be original it has to be authentic so that yeah, are yeah exactly.
0: exactly for example now writing a letter to a, a friend is no longer relevant because we are using email for example right so so th- there's right. no point asking a pupil to write a letter an informal letter when when we can use email or we can use a short messaging text right so that's what it means that it should be action-oriented task where the pupils can relate to their own life instead of asking them to do things that you know we have done many, many years ago and it's not relevant today. Branching from that, one of the
1: differences that we realise in assessment when it comes to CFR versus the old KBSM syllabus is that CFR focuses a lot on the can-do descriptor, can-do statement, right? as opposed to the usual band descriptions previous that teachers have uh, used. So how would you uh, explain this difference? Do you think that these descriptors, the can-do statement, uh, change our assessment into a more wholesome system or are they complicating assessments in general, the can-do
0: statements?
1: For or the B1 I, level, let's say
0: B1. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, I think it, de- it depends on the... From the perspective that you're looking at, um, let's look mm-hmm. at our old, old way, our old curriculum, or our previous curriculum that we are doing. I think, like for example, um, if you look at uh, when the pupils are speaking, all right, or the pupils are, are writing, we tend to look at what they cannot do. Oh, they cannot form sentences. They, they don't know how to use um, the right vocabulary and even the descriptors when you are assessing. It's, basically, you know, telling you hardly able to do this, to tell us what they cannot do. So what will happen to us as teachers is like we always look out for mistakes. We look out at things that pupils lack. So what this has done when we are using CFR curriculum is the can-do statement is we are trying to be positive, trying to look at what pupils can actually do in the given situation um they might not be able to do something it's fine but what can they do in that situation and then help them to get to where they're supposed to be so we want to use their strength to help them get more skills or strategies so that they can fulfill what they need to do at the end of that year for example right so um, the the thing is for the pupils they don't know the difference uh, that the curriculum has changed it's the teaching mm-hmm. now to change their way of thinking so uh, it's not complicated it's like i said perspective looking at things differently from um, the positive things that the pupils can do compared to what they cannot do i think because we have been brought up to always be what i can nice. yes we are we want to uh our parents will tell us oh you can't do this yet you you have you are not able to do this our teachers have been telling them since we were young when when we were learning mm. so we are all our mindset is like you know what these children cannot do and then we give them marks based on um what they cannot do okay they cannot do this so they get low marks for example but cfr aligned curriculum is looking at um benefiting rewarding learners pupils based on what they can actually do and give them the um, the, uh, the the assessment based on that mm-hmm. so maybe you will tell the pupils oh wonderful you are able to do this 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 but you know if you get to do these two other things for example you'll be able to achieve much better or be more effective so the child will feel that oh the teacher said i can do this so they're more excited that they have been told what they could do instead of telling them, "Oh, you didn't do this well. You didn't do that well." So, um, like I said, it's maybe it's a bit difficult to 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 move your uh, change the mindset overnight. It's some it's right. right. So it takes time for the mindset to change, and once it's changed, or maybe once the teacher can see it, um, it will be easier. Right now, it's hard because, you know, um, like I always say, in, whatever in training I do, we are so used to where we are. And now when change comes, it's, it's some resistance there because you have to change your way of thinking. Mm. And, um, so um, it's not more complicated. I find it easier, actually, because when you can see what your pupils do, it's easier for me to see which um, level they are at. OK, because you have the. you here. There. Yeah, all right. Um,
1: uh, just a comment uh, after doing CFR for two years. I can see that the kids are actually excited to try out the activities. They are no longer afraid because we are looking at the holistic, uh, that we are assessing them holistically. And the Can Do statement really helps them to uh, see the things that they can do instead of focusing on the things that they cannot do yet. So yes, that's why I'm totally sold. Uh, the curriculum, but how, how about the teachers who are still very uh, reluctant, even uh, our admins themselves, like they're not really used to this way of seeing uh, progress being recorded? How would you advise the teachers to apply this mindset and view this curriculum effectively and positively as a start? Because some teachers I have just finished KBSM and they are going to try out uh, CFR for the first time in April. So how would you like to um, advise them to, like, hey, embrace this new curriculum?
0: <laughs> yeah, I understand what you're you're saying because uh, mm-hmm. I do meet I do meet teachers who have been reluctant to embrace this curriculum and you know they were able to run away because they keep on teaching uh the kbsm you know and they say no yeah. I, will, I don't want to teach kssm but they have nowhere to run anymore because the kbsm <laughs> is over with the last batch sitting for the exam uh recently um, they need I mean, I mean it's you know when we were doing um, this course we talk about growth mindset and fixed mindset so we have to follow uh the, the changes that's happening uh, whether we like it or not CFR aligned curriculum is here to stay okay a lot of effort a lot of money has been spent on this and and it is a well-researched how to say um uh descriptors it has been here for years all right um uh, so take one thing at a time like uh you, you cannot embrace this just totally just like one day you need to take one day at a time read up talk to people who, you know, are in, have been doing this uh, for years, like from one, from two teachers, you know, they have been doing this for how many years really, because it started in 2017 for them. So they would like, you know, talk to them how it helped the the pupils. And you see, the thing is, um, for example, for writing, I'm just talking about writing like KBSM, when the teachers mark an essay is overall and we look at like i said mistakes right what what's beautiful about um the um cfr is that you don't look at it um in that way anymore uh we we reward pupils for every different components that they can do like content they have content regardless whether they have written the sentences correctly or not words correct it doesn't matter anymore it would be um uh based on um they have fulfilled the task so they get full marks for that compared to the old way where you know they don't don't, okay content is there but language is bad therefore you know it it affects one another so compartmentalizing the way you give your marks would be something new also okay um so they need to embrace it um one thing at a time Change the way they, they, they teach. You see, the teach the teaching is the biggest change. Uh, what I mean is, like in the KBSM, we have a a, um, a textbook and we have the the syllabus, right? Mm. The, but the thing is, no, no teachers are following it because you don't even actually explain what you are doing. You basically, you're just using the exam paper to teach um, the pupils. So I'm going to do something Yeah, it's totally that. So the the Hurayan Sukatan Pelajaran, which was the KBSM, no one bothered to even look into it. But Mm -hmm. now this change is like the teacher is being guided. There's a, 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 a reluctance on the teacher part because they are being guided on what they need to teach lesson for lesson, right? Uh, but what is important for teachers to know is that you don't have to anymore refer to an exam paper because whatever mm-hmm. you're teaching in the class using the scheme of work, alright, will actually help your pupil to answer no matter what format the exam paper is, right? Because it really is is, is like now there whatever you are accessing the pupils will be exactly what you're teaching in the classroom or whatever you're teaching in the classroom will be assessed in the exam it's no longer um like a two different street like what you're supposed to teach and what's, what are you going to be examined are totally different now it's on the same street that you teach this you will be um uh examined on the same thing so the 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 the, the practice of like i'm going to do you know drilling like give uh, the pupils the same activity over and over so that they they are valves is it no longer apply because you got the different lessons so as long as the pupils go through all the lessons and you teach them effectively then um they have already you know you have already helped them to be able to answer any types of question um because no. you taught them no. yeah, you really taught them so it will be uh, fine all right um school i, I think like PT3, the only one result we had was two years ago, right? 20, 20, yeah, 2019. Yes. Where I think there was very less um very minimal failures, and their their, their percentage of passes um uh, went way beyond BM, right?
1: Yeah, came
0: a big issue. Uh, because how can these pupils do better in English than in, in Bahasa, right? Mm-hmm. Um so the thing is people don't understand this is a language proficiency paper now you cannot fail a language proficiency you can't say oh you mm-hmm. feel proficiency." that it is not. It, it doesn't make sense because pro, your proficiency has levels you can be a low level you can be a high level so the concept mm-hmm. of real doesn't exist actually where if you look at um the cfr levels you have a1 a1 and a1 a2 and so on right there is no like fail like zero you have a level so what happens for the pt3 is like all pupils basically pass except those who didn't come or didn't attend paper. they're the only one who actually fail the rest all actually pass but the pass was they either got a1 that was the lowest right and then the highest was b1 um so i think the same i don't know but i have a feeling the same concept will apply for SPM um because you are looking at the levels unless the pupils don't attend then they might fail so we might see like maybe in 2021 i don't know this i'm making i'm making up uh, i mean not making up, i'm i'm assuming pretty clean, yeah. i'm assuming they's on the pt results up uh, because at the end of the day the pupils will have two results in their in their um sleep right they will have the a, a plus a and then they will have whether they are level b1 high b1 low whatever level that they want to put um in the in the result sleep so if they get f what what would it be what level would the would it be that that's what i'm thinking if you put f what level is it is a uh, pre a1 f i i don't know so i doubt there will be failures except those who didn't attend so, um, the thing is, yeah, school will, will the school heads or the school, I mean, uh, will still look into quality, meaning making pupils have A plus and A, which would be C1 level, mm-hmm. right? Because we have to cater for pupils who are very good in the in the English language too, right? So, I think everyone will need time to get adjust uh, to this because it's still new, It's it's still a baby started in 2017 okay. now it's just 2021 it'll take some time uh before everyone can see how it actually works out in our country right and then later when they get to go to university and then get work then only we can see the impact of this curriculum mm-hmm. i hope i answered your question so, yes you very
1: you answered it very clearly i really like the sentence uh, what You said you cannot fail a language proficiency. I'm trying to tell that to my kids, young Nicholas class, so that they don't feel that this curriculum is not for them, this curriculum is trying to alienate them. Alienate, alienate. Alienate, yeah, alienate. Um, yeah, alienate them. Yeah, so just now you talk about results, scans. So, results are produced by the students. Um, it's kind of fun. Let's let's talk about the students. Um, what kind of change? learning attitude you think uh, we can expect to come out of this curriculum or maybe what kind of um principles or what kind of uh, mindset should be instilled among students as they um bring forward a cfr from
0: pt3 from four and then from
1: five changes in learning
0: the, attitude Our oh, t- learning attitude um, uh-uh. depends on where you are actually um some areas i know they love speaking so speaking is like wonderful they like like all the speaking activities like but based on where i've been i'm stationed it's very hard even if you have given them the sentence structure for them to open their mouth and speak Um, right yeah i think i don't know whether you face that but i do have i do face that problem you can give them you know, um, the frames, the speaking frames. Mm -hmm. Um, They just have to fill in the blanks. Even when writing essays, you can give them the writing frames and they just, you know, fill out what they need to fill up so that they feel successful in doing it. Um, In in terms of attitude, I have seen two kinds of attitude. I've seen one uh, because I've I've followed uh, most of my pupils from three, now they are in form five. So I've seen them like from, being not able to speak well to being able to speak much better now their cognitive processes have like um changed so much since form three uh, now they're in form five and those who like you know were so reluctant were are able to i don't know i just see i see them and i feel so proud of them that this curriculum has helped them because we are focused on all four skills it's not just re- uh, reading and writing but i've also seen uh pupils who don't want to get involved at all no matter what you do um you try you motivate and they just feel that they don't need it they don't need this um this language to survive in 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 wherever they are um it's very hard to change their mindset because you know mindset is not only in school it's also at home so uh, we don't know what's going on at home when they're talking about language right maybe they feel that english is not important so why would i bother to learn and then you have others who especially those who want to further their studies um you know uh, they would see the importance of english so the only thing we can do as teacher if uh, the one that is positive is so easy for us but the one who's not that welcoming is to try to relate it as much as possible to their daily life. Make them sit with groups who are um, this, um, with those who would, you feel motivated. You know, sometimes when friends uh, speak to them, they would be different compared to what they should do. So grouping Mm. is important. A School environment actually is important too. School environment. Some schools are very supportive of English. Uh, Most schools are not because they feel that. Bahasa is more important than english it all depends on this the school environment the home environment how the teacher tries to group them when they are um, learning in the classroom okay um that would be the only thing i can think of if i want to say i want to try to make change the the pupils attitude from positive from negative to positive all right but we have to try but at the end it's up to the pupils you know
1: yeah, because um, most of my friends are also uh, experiencing that. Uh, sure, they do have positive uh, students who are happy with the curriculum, but they're experiencing some difficult students as well. That's why they have been missing out during PDPR. So I will relay this message to them. Thank you very much, Doctor, for your input. Um, I like the point where you try to uh, where, where you said that we should, as teachers, we should try to relate. The curriculum, the content, the skills with their daily life. Uh, they, uh, I do receive some uh, concerns from teachers who have uh, voiced out that some of them are not really comfortable or they, may, they might not be skilled enough to um, explain foreign contents or topics in the textbook because their students cannot seem to relate to. So what is your opinion or how, uh, how should we uh, help these teacher these teachers out? Okay um
0: there there are a few ways you can do this i know foreign content Mm -hmm. i I feel i feel for language teachers we should i mean content is important but it is not um the the most important uh, because Mm. the language skills that they need is more important than the content because we are not teaching content we're teaching the language skills now in real life even as teachers we will always get materials that we are not familiar with if we are reading or newspaper or a magazine we will come across materials that we are not well versed with right but when if you have good language strategies we will be able to pull all these strategies to make sense of that text correct okay this is what we want to instill in our learners you, you don't have to know the content of a text 100%, okay? Mm. Um, but you do know, I mean, when you want to teach successfully, if people say, I don't understand what's going on here, what you can do is this. Now, if you want to talk about a, a festival that is not um, related to in our country, you can find um, on YouTube or any materials, okay? that is in the mother tongue okay can be Mm. you know it can be in malay whatever ask them to watch it first at home for example or if you don't have internet access print out materials in their mother tongue about that festival so that they can go ask them to go back and read that because it'd be very important for them when they come to the class the next time okay um because they're going to do something about that and it's important for them to know um the uh content of it so that they can carry out the activities for example okay now uh, people have to understand that if you look at cfr only per se not looking at a line curriculum okay cfr take into account multiculturalism and pluralism where they Mm -hmm. know that these learners they do not come from the first language culture right right and they allow you know are uh, getting materials from other languages for them to understand something before they they read something in the target language so if you prepare your your pupils with either reading materials or youtube uh watching youtube because some some students like to listen to youtube or anything that will prepare them to understand the content let them read so when they come to class Right. They, they already know, oh, this festival is like that. And I, what I usually do is I ask my pupils, I say, when you read about this, do you think any festivals or any um, celebration in Malaysia has some similarity with this or, diff- uh, or is, ha- how different it is? So, you know, the pupils will say, you know, is uh, this part is like this uh, festival or celebration, but this part is not, you know, they will have that. So they will compare a little bit they might even use their mother tongue to explain. I will just nod my head as they are explaining and I will re-explain it in English. So, so, they, okay. Okay. so they will listen to how it's being said. Because if I just force them, no, you have to speak in English, what happens is everyone be quiet, right? Mm. So they, they will explain. You know, I, I, we do encourage them to speak English. But sometimes when they are having problems with vocab, right Uh, they will let i let them explain and then they have some friends who will scream at them the words you know you have people like that and i'll just let it go on and then i will rephrase it for the child or the pupil and then ask the child to maybe you know repeat what i've said so that helps okay um so you can do that okay always remember the content is only the uh, the means to an end the end is to learn the language skills so if right. the don't understand uh, a word there or they don't understand if you give me if you give me a medical um, book for example i may be able to read the language i may be able to read but i cannot understand some of the terms that so what do we, mm-hmm. do we have to guess meaning from context? What are they talking about? Or maybe I do a Google search look for a picture to explain, show me what part they are talking about, right? So these are strategies that we need to teach our pupils. What if you don't understand the word? What do you do? If during the exam, what do you do? How do you guess? This is what we need to teach our pupils, not like, not tell the pupils, okay, try to guess the meaning. What's the answer? Okay, this is the answer. But we don't mm-hmm. go, how did you get the answer? what strategies did you use these are very important in cfr aligned curriculum the strategies because if you look at the learning standards it's telling us the strategies how to identify this you know how to explain right so these are very important and many of us teachers have forgotten that part we are just doing activities per se meaning okay answer comprehension question the answer okay what's the answer for a and then all of them give the answer. Okay, you are right, you are wrong. But we I, they don't ask where you find the where you found the answer, what clue were were, were seen, you know, what, what were the words that tells you this. Okay, so that is very important because, like I say, at the end, it doesn't matter what the format of the exam paper would be, because if they have these strategies, they can apply it. Mm. They can apply in any situation. Because if they know how to read for main ideas, they know how to read for specific information, if they in the speaking also, if they know how to explain um, using their own words from what they have heard, report back. You have taught them the skill of reporting back. They would know how to do in any situation.
1: Right. I guess that is why you can see um, cognitive uh improvement, uh improvement in your kids, uh in your students' cognitive ability. Uh, as a uh, move from from three to from five uh, yeah. because i do understand that some teachers why do they do that like, they touch and go the comprehension activities is because due to time constraint like we are told to like hey you must finish your syllabus on time so let's let's talk about that doctor. um we are aware that we have a lot of time constraint and 2.1.0 2.0 and then there are also school activities that eat into our pdp hours and even remote learning phase that we have right now have reduced our um contact hours with our uh, pupils so it is hard to follow the cycle and if we, if we would like to follow the cycle completely, there's a risk that we might not be able to finish the textbook. So in your opinion, how do the teachers, um, due to all of these difficult circumstances, should we dilute the LO and just rush? Or somehow, like how do we make it manageable for the students and also the teachers with all of these challenges that we have right now? I'm constrained. That, that, that's a
0: very, very valid and good question. That a lot of teachers of English is uh, they are um suffering, not suffering, like they are trying to see how <laughs> they can go through the shortcuts or whatever. All right. The thing is, this, first of all, um compared to all the other subjects, English is the only one that have the scheme of work prepared for us. That's one.
1: Mm.
0: All the other subjects, they do not have that. They'll be the only one. Okay. Number two. Um, the hours is hundred and twelve hours therefore we have hundred and twelve lessons so we have to ensure we have hundred and twelve hours per year it can be more it doesn't matter but it cannot be less okay and like like you say and i, I i'm via in school and I know that we can might have hundred and twelve hours on paper or more right but in reality uh, we have all kinds of programs in school that eat our time okay and that's when the then the teacher have the dilemma of what do I do then Uh, So, when I did the mapping, right, when I did mapping uh, of the language, uh, the LO, right, the purpose of it is so that we can see how many times it's repeated. Uh, Everybody has to bear in mind that language uh, curriculum is not the same as content. Content is Mm. you have the different content for different units. If you don't finish the content, the pupils might not be able to answer the question in the exam. Right, because at the end it's also it's about an exam, it's about assessment at the end, right? But for English, even if you don't finish the content or the, the content in whatever units, it doesn't matter because you have the repeated language uh, learning. Um, see, I forgot the word now. The the the, the LO, what's the LO? I oh, know the LS. <laughs> so, standard. Sorry, I uh, have the same. Learning standard. Standard. Yeah, learning standard is repeated, right? So, like I've been seeing the same learning standard for a few times. I have mean, gone, I've been teaching since March, and now I've encountered the same learning standards, I think two or three times already for certain learning standards, not all. Okay. So, all right, just say that, okay, somebody I got one hour period, a one hour period, and suddenly now 30 minutes have gone for something. Right. What can I do now with the other 30 minutes? Right. My um I, for me, you cannot dilute the LO, all right, the learning objective. You cannot. So what you can do is, okay, focus on the learning standard of that. This is my, this is my suggestion. Huh? This is not from, from anybody. It's not from BPK or from anyone. It's my own own way, what I'm doing. So what you can do is you must ensure that the learning standards, whether it's main or complementary, must be covered in that 30 minutes that you have. Just say you are talking about reading comprehension, right? And you have to do the main task, which I, it can be either means, You uh, can either be identifying main ideas or um, it can be um, specific information or it can be guessing meaning for word, it can be recognizing, activity. I don't know, it can be any one of that. So you might tell the pupils, okay, these first few activities, right? You might just do like, tell them, you know, the the pre, just go one or two, don't have to spend so much. But you must spend some time on the main um, skill. So, if I have to say, for example, um, read for main ideas, that means that is uh, skimming. I just asked the pupils what the strategy for skimming. When you have to read for uh, for main ideas, what is the strategy? So you still said skimming. Okay, well, how do you skim? So the pupils will tell me what they need to do for skimming. Then we have that one question, right? So tell them, okay, now, how do you scheme for this answer? So they will just tell me that. If there are two questions that I only spend my time on the first question, let's say for instance, huh? and then they will tell me that's the answer, how they get the answer. That's it. And I said the second one, you do it on your own. So I don't spend my time, If even if specific information and detail, there'll be eight questions, for example. If I don't have enough time, I only do one or two and that's it the rest i said now you know how to do it you do it on your own okay so they do it on their when they do it on their own they need to tell me later all right or at the site of their textbook or whatever where they get the answer which paragraph which line which clue because when if they come back and i ask them they need to be able to tell me exactly where they got the answer so it's not just they looking at the answer oh i think i think the answer is this So what is that thing? How did they think of the answer? They need to get that, right? Then do the um, complementary skill, whatever it is. You do not have to emphasize the complementary skill or focus too much as the main skill. You still have to teach, but you do not have to give the same emphasis as the main skill. So sometimes I just set work for the complementary skill, giving them the the, the strategies that they need to use. You see, I I love PDPR. I, I mean... I love actually to see face-to-face, but there is also past point of PDPR because pupils can do, you know, um, a lot of things online and they can submit it to me in Google Classroom. And I have all the records there of what they have done. And it's blended learning. It's all not coming from me. You know, uh, because when I ask them, you prepare this before you come to class. So some of them will be discussing, some of them will be doing Google research. I don't know what they will do, but they'll come to class prepared in different ways. Okay, so that's a good thing about PDPR. Because if in the classroom, you you don't have that luxury of the computer there, right? Uh, So you see the pupils today and then they go back. And then if you ask them to do a research, they come back. They might not be able to, to do it. But if you are in 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 a pdpr and the students say i've not done it you say okay go and look at for it now i give you a few minutes you know they can just on their google or whatever and they look for it or books or whatever they have at home okay so that will be blended learning there are a lot of uh, models for blended learning so it's up to you okay sometimes i ask the pupils to do the activities first if i don't have enough time uh like in pdpr i always do most most of the work in the textbook i've converted it into google form so it's so much easier for them because they don't have to spend time writing because they already write for all the other subjects so i'm trying to minimize their time so they use google form which is more work for me because i have to do the google form so what they do is i tell them okay today you go and do this when i see you we will discuss how you got the answer you know remember the 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 inductive way of learning and deductive way of learning you can use that too Right, where they do first and then they come back to class and then you go through the answers with them and ask them how did you do it. Right. Yeah. So so it's, it's another way because especially for learning standards that you have done before, ask them to go back and do it on their own and then come back to see whether what they have learned previously they can apply in a different different text.
1: Mm. Okay. That's your tips are golden, I would say. So yeah I agree with no dilution of LO because later on we, we shall suffer as we could not uh what do you call that let the students exercise the skills that they need to do and focusing on main skill let students work on the supplementary skill on their own in their own time is fine and just yeah, like, uh, I just want
0: to add uh, I just want to add something you know we have to focus mm. on quality instead of quantity because everybody says right. oh, they must answer seven questions. Yeah, they still answer seven. But the quality of your teaching based on only one or two questions, it's more valuable than you trying to finish mm-hmm. all the questions. Okay, because mm-hmm. you have a, reflections, a reflection um, um, box or whatever reflection where you have to write. You can even explain why you didn't do all seven. Why only two? Mm-hmm. You know, you can explain time constraint, that's your reflection that you 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 should write and be honest right because we right. lo is just a plan what happens in the classroom is totally different it depends on that day what happened right so mm-hmm. always always emphasize quality over quantity
1: very valuable uh, input that i shall relay to my friends okay this is our last question of the day of this session um So we are going to start our school in April. So the rush, the expectation to to run classroom-based assessment, which we call here PBD, and we also have PBL, might push teachers to carry them out for the sake of doing it for the report, mencantikan data. So are we missing out on the essence of PBD and PBL? How do we make full use of uh, CEFR-aligned PBD and PBL to help us? consolidate all the learning that is happening in our classroom and also during pdpr for the students
0: Actually, when you are teaching Every day you are doing pbd every day Basically all the work that you give your pupils are pbd They are evidence of what they can do because you will teach them right and then they will discuss like I say If you are hard for time you do only two questions and then the rest they do on their own That is already pbd When they are doing it on their own based on what you have taught them so what uh, teachers can do is as a as a panel decide that all class work that is given from the textbook are pbds right but they need to know okay for for uh, the first listening text that they do okay what level they want to give three four or you can see how many correct because all are at, at b1 uh, high level right because the textbook is b1 plus form 5 i'm talking about form 5 right so you can decide that if they get all correct that they are considered tp3 because tp3 is they have achieved the the one, the, the the level right but and then they keep on getting all the time always correct then you can give them four five six because they show the consistency that means they are actually higher level than b b b one plus right So this is something that needs to be discussed in the panel. Like all the work that has been done is PBD. We are doing PBD every day by right, because you might not be able to access for speaking. You might not be able to access every learner, right? Especially if you're doing face-to-face. One thing good about PDPR is I get my pupils to do speaking, all of them, and then they send the recording. So I have the recording of the whole class. But if you do face-to-face, you don't have that opportunity because you can only listen to maybe two or three. And you only can give, um, you know, uh, give PBD, I mean, the the level of performance to that pupils. And then next time you choose another three, right? Right. 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 So PDPR, everyone has to submit the recording of their speaking, whether they use Google Meet or they use audio from WhatsApp. You know, our pupils are very creative. There are so many Mm -hmm. different... Ways that they, they submit their work. So these are all evidence, right? So you don't have to wait until April, then you say, Oh, what what do I do? How do I have to rush my PBD? No, you have done it since the school started in March, right? Is it March? March, right? Yeah, not March, sorry. In January. What am I talking about? In January that we did PDPR, you have started already. Okay? So when you come back, it's based on what the pupils have been able to do. Since January until now, it's like three four months, right? So they they you give them the the uh, the level of performance based on what they have shown you and based on the evidence that you have, right? Now this is one thing um, we all have to be careful. Schools have their KPIs, right? So there is um uh, how to say um I don't know I don't know how to explain um. One side you want to show that you know these are what the pupils can do, and one side you have Uh the admin who want certain things. So you are the professional; you have to decide how you want to balance that both and give what is rightfully for your pupils. Okay, because it's very difficult. Because for KPM, your you are the teacher; it's your professional judgment. So, for me, I respect my teacher's professional judgment. If they feel that these pupils can only get three, fine, they are three But you also have on one hand the admins who wants four, for example. All right. So this is something uh, it's not an easy answer that I can give. All right. Right. Uh, Yes, because uh, JPN and PPD have their own uh, vision. KPM's vision is very easy. You decide everything. Because they have the PBD book, which tells you are the professional, and your professional judgment is based on many things, like looking at the curriculum. um your your how you you know you give the work to the pupils um how they have performed your evidence okay and all that you have that they explain to you in detail what is your professional judgment even following that all right you will still have the other side who wants something different so you have to find the balance and do what is best that you can for yourself and your for your pupils so i'm not going to say that you know do whatever is right and then you get yourself in trouble no that's not my, <laughs> my advice okay so because if i can i can say let's be idealistic and give the pupils what they deserve based on this and then i will have teachers telling me but my school says this you have that right so find the balance and give what is rightfully for your pupils okay Okay, thank you, Dr. Ilhar. That is a very uh, good reminder.
1: That actually, what we have been doing in class is actually PBD. Some of us like, eh, oh, I thought we have to like compile uh, into a project. That's not the case. PBD is actually what we have been doing in class. Uh, our students' exercises, those are actually our evidences. So, thank you once again for the reminder so thank you so
0: much i You're guess welcome. That is thank all. you for having me all right it's a pleasure to have helped all of you so you all have a wonderful weekend all right so till next time take care amanduk plc to podcast for teachers is brought to you by sets and for more information find us on instagram Amanduk Podcast. If you find this episode helpful, please click to subscribe to this podcast and the share button to share it with your teacher circle. As always, happy teaching and be safe.